It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Jacksonville Jaguars missed the playoffs in 2023, so we're going to spend time today examining how we got here, what big decisions are coming, and why Jaguars fans should have some hope for the future today. I'm Locked On NFL Scouting. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat over 50 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code Locked On to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Joe, happy Wednesday to you. It's um, We're on the cusp of the all-star events from a college or NFL draft perspective, so that's exciting. Uh, we on this show, I guess we, we've kind of teased it, but you're probably pretty accustomed to takes on takes being part of the week on Friday. We are going to be busy the next few weeks as we get through a lot of our transitional into the off season type stuff, but we have some really exciting content coming. Yes, we certainly do. Um, we're going to get through these last few teams that didn't make the playoffs and do our debrief on them. But next week, man, you have some, you had a great idea, man, and we're going to execute that next week. Uh, some of the more unique content we've ever done. So it's a good opportunity to make sure that you are subscribed to Locked On NFL Scouting on YouTube or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts because the conversations are going to be really fun and we're going to need you to decide who wins some debates. So there's your little tease. There you go. So one thing we could also debate is where the Jacksonville Jaguars go from here. Uh, as we transition into today's show, uh, the Jaguars finished 9-8. and eight. They were second in the AFC South. A Week 18 loss to a divisional rival in the Tennessee Titans vanquished them from the playoffs. They get eliminated in the final hour, so they played 17 meaningful football games, had 18 meaningful weeks of NFL play. But you put it through the lens of a team that I think entering Week 12 was 8-3. and three. Yeah. 
they were one of four teams in the AFC conference that were eight and three. And you looked at their schedule and you felt like they were a team that could really get hot and win games against teams that you thought were, were winnable opponents for Jacksonville based off what we thought we knew at the time coming out of that win in Houston. And they lose in overtime to Cincinnati. They lose to the Browns by four points. Uh, they get smacked by the Ravens. Uh, they go into Tampa Bay and lose by almost three touchdowns. Thank goodness you played the Carolina Panthers, who were the worst team in football, to get to nine wins. And then you lose at home by eight points to Tennessee to finish the season on a one and five stretch and miss the playoffs. Eight and three into five and six, and you don't make it. Um, it's troubling, especially because you felt like this team took so many steps in 2022 with the surge at the end to win the division, to win uh, a playoff game, a huge, massive comeback against the Chargers. And everybody thought the Jaguars had arrived and they're ready to be a contender in the AFC. Well, they missed the playoffs. And let's just be honest about it. A big reason why that happened is because Trevor Lawrence didn't take a step. Um, if anything, he took a step backwards. And I think that's obviously very, very troubling. You'd like to think his second season with Doug Peterson, with another offseason of knowing each other and building everything around him that you would have seen that step and you didn't. And I think the most troubling part of it is you can look pretty much across the board statistically with Trevor Lawrence and, and the numbers aren't as good, but it was a turnovers and it was a turnover worthy plays. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, according to pro football focus, a turnover worthy play percentage of 3.8, sixth highest in the NFL among regular starters. And the five guys in front of him, Mac Jones, Desmond Ritter, Josh Dobbs, Sam Howell, and Gardner Minshew, that's not the company he wants to be in, right? That's not the world of quarterbacks that he should be in the same bucket with. Mm-hmm. And, and fumbles were an issue. He, he threw 14 interceptions. And I thought there were so many situational moments where it feels like the team's playing well and fumbled the ball, right? This team had the second most lost fumbles in the NFL this season. I think Trevor Lawrence had 12 or 13 fumbles himself. And so regression across the board, but it was this team was very poor situationally and Trevor Lawrence was at the root of that. Yeah, uh, certainly we we had high expectations for Trevor coming into the year. I know with our bold predictions, we expected him to rewrite the single season passing records for the Jaguars franchise. And you also acknowledged down the stretch he did play hurt. I think that's worth acknowledging is he had the ankle injury. And then he also had the throwing shoulder injury that uh, cost him a game, uh, cost him weak. The, the Panthers game did not play in that game. Um, so you acknowledge he wasn't his best self. And I think you can look at the, the last four games he did play. He only had one game with a completion percentage above 60%. Um, but three interceptions against Cleveland in a game that you lost by four points. It's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. You know, the two interceptions against Tennessee, how many outbreaking throws at the sidelines did he miss in that game against Tennessee? Yeah. Felt like all season long, they get down in the red zone and they, we were just missing throws out of bounds in tight windows in the red zone. Um, can I call a timeout? Yeah, I, and I'll, I'll give it right back to you. I, I, and I think that Tennessee game is is a perfect embodiment of of his season. You think of the last drive, right? This is your big franchise quarterback moment. Go lead the Jaguars to the playoffs. You win this game. You are the division champs. You're hosting a playoff game. This is big boy franchise quarterback moment. And he runs for eight yards on first down, and then three incompletions in a row. Season over. Right, kind of falls right in line with what you're building there. Mm-hmm. Can can we also acknowledge Doug Peterson's 
aggressive tendencies and how there were some situational, you talked about situational football and, and Jacksonville kind of coming up short in a lot of instances throughout the course of the season. And I think about Doug leaving points on the field before halftime. Yep. Cause it's like, Oh, we got an explosive play. We're starting the ball with the ball in the second half. So where it's kind of how it's not house money, Doug, it's, it's a minimum of three points. Like yeah. <laughs> take, possession. The, take the points. potentially a possession, a possession right. Yeah. And, and I think their aggressiveness, Doug Peterson's aggressiveness at times was also working against Jacksonville uh, throughout the course of the big moments in games as closely contested games are unfolding for Jacksonville this season as well, because you, you go through the list. They had some really tough misses. The Kansas city game in week two was a tough miss for them. And they scored nine points in that game. And they very easily could have found a few other points throughout how they chose to handle those possessions as well. Nine and eight football team. And you look across the board where they were metrically and I see average to bad, right? Like nothing was stand out. There was nothing about this operation that you look at and say, you know, yeah, that was good, right? They ran the ball well, or they passed the ball well, or they stopped the run or they played good pass situation. Like nothing was good, right? It was either average or below average. And I think a couple of other just things to highlight. I think left guard was a problem for them all season long uh, with Tyler Shatley. <laughs> we talked about this, right? They traded for Ezra Cleveland, Ben Barch, not good enough. Walker Little spending some time there. about Tyler Shatley 12 months ago. Complaining yeah, about well, Tyler Shatley. Yeah. Left, meetings. left guard was a problem. And then I think you love what you got from Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker. They were both double-digit sack guys. I think they combined for almost 30, 30 sacks. But they didn't have anything else. This team was 26th in the NFL in sack percentage. And so there wasn't any comp complimentary components to the rush um, to really give them that dynamic. And so just not good enough. And it's tough in the a AFC. And you had your chances down the stretch to literally just win one more game. And you never did. They um, That Cincinnati loss in overtime hurts, too, because that was the the blow up game from Browning. Like he Browning had played previously and, and that was kind of the first game. And in overtime, uh, Jacksonville has a possession. There's a little bit of luck involved with all of this, right? Jacksonville gets an explosive play down in the scoring territory in overtime. And it's called back on a ticky tack holding penalty. You remember that? Mm -hmm. I think it was called on Anton Harrison at right tackle. Mm-hmm. And it pulled it all the way back up off, and they turn, they have to kick the ball back over to Cincinnati, and then they go on to win the game. So a um, little bit of misfortune. Uh, the offensive line, I think, really needs continued stability on the interior. Brandon Scherf slowing down a little bit as well, so it's not like you can really count on that being a pillar on the other side of the interior anyway. So you got what's going to be a young player in Fortner coming in. They're going to have to get that stabilized, figured out. 30, 30 turnovers, 28th in the league. Uh, so that in itself is something I know you've, you've alluded to. It needs to, to really get dialed in, and this team averaged 3.6 yards per rush uh, on the season. So I look offensively. I think defensively there's some more things to be optimistic about. We'll, of course, get into all the optimism with the Levy Grill. Go ahead. All right, we're going to get to the big decisions for Jacksonville this offseason coming up here. So stick with us. But this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. 
certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. Therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than what's going on with our favorite sports team, and it's important to get things off our chest every once in a while. And therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It's not just for people who have experienced major trauma. So if you've been thinking of starting therapy, be sure to give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire. That'll get you matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. Folks, you got to check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest, funnest, most exciting, easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. The format is incredible. It's just you against the numbers. It's not you against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. Here's what you do. You select two or more players. You pick more or less on their projected stats, and you place your entry. That's it. It doesn't take long. Picks can be made in under a minute, and then when you win, the withdrawals are super, super quick. It's awesome with all these sports on TV. We got playoff NFL, right? NBA's going. NHL's rocking. It's even more fun when you have a prize picks entry going into a slate of games. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. So key decisions looming for Jacksonville. Where do you want to start? I think acknowledging defensive coordinator, right? They they moved on um, from Mike Cald- Mike Caldwell. Why is his name escaping me? Uh, yeah, Mike Caldwell. I was right about that. It was sometimes it runs together. So I think they got to get that figured out. Um, obviously, Doug Peterson, Press Taylor are going to continue with the offense, but you, you got to get yourself the right defensive coordinator to come in. I know that they had interviewed Wink Martindale, who I think is a, a really nice fit for. Uh, the types of players that they have already in place. And, you know, that Giants defense wound up kind of finding itself a bit and forcing a lot of turnovers. I I think he'd be a a really strong candidate to consider. But I think from a coaching perspective, that's probably the the first box that they need to check. Uh, Yeah, I think that – and they have have some pretty good talent on that side of the ball. So you mentioned Trayvon Walker. Uh, Josh Allen's an expiring contract, but probably going to be a top priority for them as, as you make a pretty firm case. He's their best player. Um, you think about the, the secondary, they got some young players there that you want more from. You want to see drawn more from, uh, guys like Andre Cisco at safety. Uh, I think you feel really optimistic about his trajectory, but it's got to get better. They've got a couple of young linebackers that I think you're also waiting on taking the next step as well. So like there's some stuff to work with here. It's just got the light bulb's got to come on for some of it. So I think about Jacksonville and and their personnel on the defensive side of the ball. And I see lots, lots of upside for whoever comes in and takes a rain on that side of the football. You want to get into these expiring contracts? Yeah, let's get into these expiring contracts. I just had it up. We had mentioned um, that Josh Allen is kind of the the hallmark player for them. Uh, they also have Calvin Ridley at wide receiver as a meaningful player. Uh, beyond that, it's Ezra Cleveland, who's a young interior offensive line or young offensive lineman that you acquired at the trade deadline. 
Uh, Tyler Shatley is a positional flexibility, ideally utility offensive lineman. Former first-round pick, Caleb Von Chason, Brandon McManus, Dewan Smoot, who was injured for a majority of the year, uh, Trey Herndon, Angelo Blackson. There's not too much that I'm losing sleep over on the list of expiring contracts. Yeah, I totally agree. It's Josh Allen and Calvin Ridley. Josh Allen at 26 years old, 17 and a half sacks, a draft pick, right? You feel like you got to make that happen. The interesting one is Calvin Ridley, um, because if they do re-sign him, the conditional pick that they give to Atlanta is a second rounder, mm. right? So that, that's year. a, yeah, yeah. So that's a very interesting choice because it's not just, okay, we'd like to commit money to you. We had a thousand yards, right? He had a good season. Um, but if we resign you, we have to give up a second round pick. So it's a, it's a lot to consider there. And I think when you, when you think about Trevor Lawrence and, and something we, we didn't really get to this in the opening segment, injuries were a thing, but like when he didn't have Christian Kirk, even when he didn't have Zay Jones, right? You kind of felt like he needed his guys to be able to, to be at his optimum self. And like, I feel like stability around Trevor Lawrence feels important to me and Ridley and him did some good things, right? There were certainly some miscues along the way, but they have a choice to make there in terms of him being that guy that they want to be a volume piece of this roster. And of course it's going to cost them a second round pick. So we did this yesterday with Seattle, but it's the players that are on the books for an eight figure cap hit for Jacksonville. Uh, Christian Kirk, who you mentioned 33 year old Brandon Scherf, uh, Foye Olakun at linebacker, Cam Robinson, those are all over $20 million in salary cap hits. So you can negotiate them in any number of different ways. Uh, restructures, cut candidates, trade candidates, like all that stuff. And we could talk about that as well. But then also, Rayshon Jenkins, Trevor Lawrence, Zay Jones, Darius Williams, and Trayvon Walker, all also already cap hits north of $10 million against the cap this year. So what you do with those contracts and how you disperse that uh, is big. And, and a number of these guys are in the last year of their current deal. So there's not a lot of flexibility that you have as well. The, the flexibility you could get there is extending them, right? And then you could reduce that cap hit and maybe push some right. of that money out. Darius Williams is one that stands out to me. He's like a hard $10 million this year yep. with no, not only any of it's guaranteed, right? You, you can't. You can't just have him chilling there for $10 million. He had a good season, but I would extend him in or something there. You can't just absorb that. But they're going to need to look at extensions, um, I think, in some instances to create cap space. But then they have their restructure opportunities. If they do all of their simple restructures, they'd have $61.5 million in cap space. If they do all of their maximum restructures, they can have $92.6 million in cap space. And according to over the cap, they enter the offseason with just a tick under $9 million. So. They'll need to do some stuff. They'll need to pull some levers, but they're there to be pulled. And really, it's about Josh Allen and Calvin Ridley in terms of your big ticket expiring contracts. So when you consider the players who have performed at a high level, Ola Kuhn, yeah, uh, you can restructure and get that cap hit down to 11.3 with a simple restructure. I think that's a no-brainer. Uh, Calvin Ridley, or Christian Kirk, excuse me, who you talked about, his, his impact and the comfort and chemistry he had with, with Trevor Lawrence. You could do a simple restructure there and, and get that cap hit down to under $13 million. So you're cutting it effectively in half. 
that's a no-brainer as well. Scherf and Cam Robinson, I think, are not quite as straightforward because Cam Robinson's in the last year of his current deal. Do you extend Cam Robinson? Is that a player that you want to extend? Has the like the play has the been has the play been at that level? I don't have an easy answer for it. I also watched Juwan Taylor, who Jacksonville Jaguars fans know, uh, leaving at $20 million just because he's 25 years old and he's been buns respectfully and can't say he's been bad. He's like the most penalized offensive lineman in football. There was the whole saga about him being off the ball every single play and starting early and all, like all that noise. And it's like, you, do you want to open yourself up for potentially signing somebody who has their own respective problems, or is it just better to love the one that you're with with Cam Robinson? I feel like they've been super committed to Cam Robinson, right? Yeah. Like, and he's dictated so much of their personnel choices. It, I, I don't know. I feel like they're they're in the weeds with him. And it kind of felt like the Anton Harrison selection really manifested because the Cam Robinson suspension at the beginning of the year happened like right before the draft. Yeah. What about Scherf? I'm not sweating over Brandon Scherf, man. This is a 30-something-year-old guard. That's very expensive. These or, are the players you can't sweat over. That that, But that's one of Is this a post-June yeah. first cut candidate and transition? You already need one guard? Do you do that? Yeah, you better find some guards because I don't, I don't know that outside of Brandon Scherf, I don't think you have a starting guard. Because you could post-June first cut him and save $16.5 million against the cap. And you're getting ready for potentially a Trevor Lawrence contract extension. We'll need to see what that looks like. I don't think, are you exercising the fifth-year option? That's another decision that they have to make. And not just Trevor Lawrence at $22 million, Travis Etienne. Travis they had two, so he's right at just under six. I think that one seems easy for me. Yeah. Um, and the reality is, like, you... You you don't want to overreact to this season because you did like twenty twenty two did happen and and Trevor Lawrence is still really really gifted right, uh-huh. but I, I, the wheel see right like feels strong to me here in terms of I don't want to be overly committed, um to that direction and that does that kind of ties you into it and so you you could just let the season play out and go from there and franchise tag and do all you know, there's other ways that you can remain under control but. Right now, you thought going into 2023 that we're going to come out of it discussing 50 million plus a season for Trevor Lawrence, and now I I don't know that anybody's really feeling strong about that. So Trevor Lawrence currently qualifies for the playtime incentive, which is tier two for the fifth-year options, uh, which is projected by over the cap at just under $22 million for the 2025 season in fully guaranteed salary. A lot to decide for Trent yeah. Bulky and company here this offseason. We've certainly overviewed what they have to work through. And our next part of this conversation, we're going to get into the positivity, why Jags fans should be excited for the future. So be sure to stick with us. But folks, I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk for just a minute about being prepared for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics. And I can't ha- imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of my loved ones got sick and a supply chain issue kept them from getting the medication that they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, and more. And look, this stuff can happen to any of us. So be sure to visit jacemedical.com 
and complete your physician encounter. That will then be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a local licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Real quick to every question before the uh, for the poem. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing the Jaguars. Jaguars had two first-round picks in this draft class of 2021. We alluded to both Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Uh, they qualify respectfully for the first and second tier of fifth-year options. Do you know how many of the first-round picks from the 2021 NFL draft qualify for Tier 3 or Tier 4, which is one or more Pro Bowl selections, original ballot Pro Bowl selections? Yeah, I'd say it's a small number, three or four. Give me an official guess. Uh, Four. The answer is six. Oh, wow, a little more than I thought. So, and this is according to OverTheCap.com, Kyle Pitts, rookie Pro Bowl, right, made one. Uh, Jamar Chase, multiple Pro Bowls, so he's the the highest tier. Uh, Penny Sewell, uh, one Pro Bowl, so that's three of the top seven picks. Then uh, Patrick Sertain, the second. Okay, so this is the four that I had in my head. That was it. So anything after this is the ones I didn't expect. You're going to kick yourself for not remembering Micah Parsons. Okay, yeah, kicking myself. And Rayshon Slater, who I believe as a rookie, Made yeah, he was one. Pro Bowl as a rookie. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. So there you go. That's pretty strong. Pretty strong. It's a good group. Fight on, my men. I am hurt, but I'm not slain. I'll lay me down and bleed a while, then I'll rise and fight again. It's time to get optimistic here about the future for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The good news is, I think you do have. A lot of young talent that's been infused into this group. But time out on myself. Y'all had your first consecutive winning seasons since like 04-05. Okay. Okay. I know that's pretty hollow when you miss the playoffs and finish one and five this season. I get it. But you're starting to build some sustained success, particularly when you look at the end of last season. And the beginning of this season, I mean, they had a stretch where they were one of the best teams in football over that 20-game stretch of overlap from the end of last year and the beginning of this year. So that, 
with a coach and a quarterback entering into year three together, some talented pieces, a winnable division, I think all adds up as a nice foundation for this conversation. I like that. The first thing I had down was like, you've learned some really hard lessons uh, this year and last year. And whether it's starting slow and getting hot or starting hot and finishing slow, like you think you've learned a lot about what it takes um, to be a, a consistently good football team. And I, I think that's good, right? It's, I think you need to go through adversity. I think you need to be battle tested and you need to learn from mistakes. And you'd like to feel like they've positioned themselves to do that, but do that in year three for Doug Peterson, year four for Trevor Lawrence with a fair amount of, of good, young, talented players. Yeah. There's um. There's also an element of, of we look at this team and we, we acknowledge they had 30 turnovers offensively. You beat yourself a lot. Yeah. And there, there were a lot of instances where uh, how many multiple turnover games did you have and, and lose? You had two turnovers and lost against Houston. You lost the turnover battle uh, by two. You lose to San Francisco. It's smoked out of your bye, and you turn the ball over four times. You lose the turnover battle four to nothing. You uh, turn the ball over four times against Cleveland and lose that game. You t- lose a turnover battle against Tampa Bay four to nothing and lose by 18 points. You lose the turnover battle against Tennessee. You lose the turnover battle against Baltimore. Like th- th- There's a lot of just clean up your own operation and you'll give yourself a much better chance to win football games, close football games with consistency. Um, you know, this defensive touchdown ran back in week one, then you gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown to Andrew Beck, fullback Andrew Beck, in the loss to Houston in week two. Um, some easily avoidable scores. And then short fields that compounded and directly led to other scores as well. So I think there was a lot for Jacksonville this year that it felt like as they kind of crumbled, there was some self-inflicted wounds that if you clean that up, you'll be in better shape too. You mentioned the cap flexibility that they have. They have 10 picks in the coming draft, uh, 11 when it comes to draft capital power ranking. So you're, you're, you got some resources here and you're returning a lot of what you've had on your roster, which is exciting. And I kind of already alluded to the division here. And I know that this division wound up being really competitive, three teams in it until the very end. Tennessee looks like they're very much going to take some time here. Mm-hmm. You know, the Colts are going to bring back Anthony Richardson, who just didn't get a ton of opportunity, right? So like a bit of a wild card operation there. You certainly feel somewhat good about Shane Steich in the direction of the team. And then of course, Houston looks like the hot team right now, but I mean, they needed weak, 18 to go a certain way for them to become the division champions. And, you know, that's going to be an interesting situation in terms of, all right, do they lose Bobby Slowick at offensive coordinator? It feels like that's probably going to be true. Um, and yeah, the future's bright there, but this isn't like, I don't feel like you have an Everest situation in your, in your division. Like you won this thing last year and you were in it until week 18. So rally the troops and improve. Like it feels like there's a clear path in what you need to do in terms of, personnel and where you're weak and, and the resources that you have and what went wrong in terms of turnovers and get healthy and, and rally and go win the friggin' AFC South next year. You can do it. Yep. I agree wholeheartedly.
Good. Also, um, shout out to Evan Ingram. Outstanding volume player for them. Has really turned into a nice player amidst all of the early career struggles that he had. It was kind of cool to see him earn so much trust from Trevor Lawrence and had 143 targets this year. You'd ideally like the uh, yards per catch to be a little higher. He didn't crack a thousand yards despite having 114 receptions, but career high numbers in receptions, receiving yards, uh, second best touchdowns total of his career uh, as a player who I, I think in as tight end production across the league felt like it was down. Ingram was one of the glue guys of his respective offense as well. Might have to come up with a new Peyton Barber line. Uh, <laughs> it's the Jarvis Landry. The Jarvis is that Landry. it? Is there a hundred catches in not a thousand yards? Did he ever do that? Oh, uh, I am. Yeah, he sure did. In twenty seventeen, hundred and twelve of them for nine eighty seven. This is a new. No. This is a new club. It's the the Jarvis Landry club. Jarvis Landry club and the Peyton. Baton Barber Club, you, it's it's an interesting club to be in. He also had uh, 100 and, 128 touches as a second-year player and didn't average 10 yards a catch there either. So That's why it's two, his club. Two, two seasons with over 110 touches and under 10 yards per touch. <laughs> but the the 980 yards from scrimmage in, on 113 <laughs> is, yeah. is the real – it's the Peyton Barber glue. So yeah. uh, congratulations on Evan Ingram for a successful season, but also joining the Jarvis Landry Club. So <laughs> that's going to do it for us here on this episode of Locked On NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino. We appreciate you guys checking out the show. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Make it a great rest of your day. We'll be back again later today with another debrief of this 2023 season. Hope to see that. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.